21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame online wager required. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Patriots First and Goal. I am Alex Shane here breaking down another loss in Miami with my buddy Rich Hill. Rich Hill, it was fun while it lasted, man. I feel like there was some optimism at one point, but like maybe they've turned a corner. This might be the sign of good things to come. And as evidenced by this past weekend's game, it was just one of those scenarios where a crappy team upset a good team in Buffalo and the Patriots are right back where they belong at the very, very bottom of the AFC. Worst record in the conference. How do you feel about it? Yeah, they're like the only team that's like a distance behind everyone else, right? They're the only two-win team or something like that. It's the not Broncos, good. I think. Yeah. The, Bron- the Broncos just won. The Broncos just they, won, right? And who did the Broncos beat? They beat Jeez, the Chiefs. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it was a fun week against the Bills. I'm glad they did it. No regrets there. But you just watch this game against the Dolphins and every little thing that could have gone well or things that they could have built off on or built on just were gone. Like that, like uh, the biggest thing for me, obviously we have to talk about the injury to Kendrick Bourne. That's going to affect the Patriots for the rest of the year. But the fact that the Patriots weren't able to build anything on offense, I think obviously Mac Jones's interception right before the half backbreaking one that he never should have done thrown off of his back leg. Obviously Jalen Ramsey going to pick that. That was just floating there. That was a terrible decision. That was the pass that Mac Jones literally cannot do. I do think that kind of swung the game a little bit led to a, a six point swing at least. Um, and then the game just got away from the Patriots. But the fact is that, it doesn't seem like the Patriots can do anything well on offense or defense now. Like they've had just suffered so many injuries on defense that they just can't do anything good there either. Yeah. Let's get into it. First down. Let's rip the bandit off here. First down, break the game down. What's frustrating to me, Rich, is because basically this game started out pretty good. And it was kind of a feeling out period, some punts, that huge Kyle Duggar pick drove right down up seven, nothing. Great, great, great to see. And then it was Miami answered right back. Three plays, negative 11 yards on the next possession. Miami <laughs> touchdown. Mac Jones is driving. Interception. Should have been a pick six. And then field goal. And it was 77 and a half. And as we've learned many, many times, this team is not meant to come back from a, a deficit. They're just not. Uh, I thought good complimentary football. And they it, it's just so frustrating to watch because like it's almost like they have these little pockets where they wake up and realize what they're capable of doing and they play well. And then they just keep doing stupid stuff 
to shoot themselves in the foot. You talked to the Mac Jones pick, and, and people are knocking Mac Jones' arm strength, and I, I don't think it's an arm strength issue. Uh, I saw a comparison by somebody. I forgot who it was. I don't give him credit, but it's basically it's like it's like an MLB pitcher throwing yep. a changeup instead of a fastball when he needs to throw a fastball. Like he, he's mm-hmm. got a good arm, but like he'll put these really weird, bad touches on balls. There's Kendrick Bourne was actually open on that route for a quick little out, but he just floated it up there, and yeah, that was a backbreaker. And then for some reason, the defense decided not to cover Jalen Waddle at all. And he went off for like 200 yards, especially for the backbreaker at the end. And again, man, it's just more of the same. These little moments of good football surrounded by a lot of bad football and any semblance of some kind of turnaround on the season is now completely gone. And we're just kind of playing out the string. And Rich Hill, there was nothing, not that I was expecting this kind of fire sale, but the trade deadline came and went. Nothing, nothing happened. The one tradable asset, I didn't want to trade Kendrick Bourne, is out for the year with an ACL. And I'm not quite sure where we go from here, to be honest with you. Totally. And can I uh, can I just throw some salt in the wound, too? Bro, throw uh, away. The Patriots got 10 points off of two drives that they started in scoring position. Oh. They had one good drive the entire day, and it was in the fourth quarter. That's all they got. They had uh, two drives, and then went five or more plays. That's it. One of them was the interception before the half. And the other one was their 81 yard scoring drive in the fourth quarter. They had nothing. They had no answers to anything on offense. It didn't feel like they could make any adjustments whatsoever. They, I don't know what Bill O'Brien's future is here. I'm not yearning for the days of Matt Patricia by any means, but the fact that this was such a lateral move, uh, if not, uh, you know, just not even the slightest bit of an improvement for the offense is shocking to me. And the fact that Josh McDaniels was let go by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders makes me want him back. Like, can he come back as an offensive coaching assistant? Patriots don't have to pay him. The Raiders can pay him for the next four years, (laughs) but can they bring him back? Like, obviously they were with Josh McDaniels. They were still handy. Like they were limiting the entire offense for uh, all of Mac Jones's rookie year. To points that it felt unnecessary but i miss those days yeah <laughs> I, I mean i guess the question is like how many times can you move back in with your parents after you've gone out to make it on your own and the there's world? nothing wrong with that <laughs> there's nothing wrong with moving uh, back mom and dad love you and we miss you yeah sure. i mean look i mean, at this point I'll, I'll take anything but i i i also wonder you know as they have a kind of a a soft part of the schedule coming up with the commanders Colts and the bye week. I, I don't know if McDaniels is in the cards, but I also don't know what McDaniels can do. I, I don't, I don't see some kind of magic turnaround and it's frustrating because maybe, you know, they have some very winnable games coming up and I don't want to lull myself into this false sense of confidence. If they beat up on the commanders who got rid of their two best pass rushes before the trade yep. deadline, the Colts are terrible. The game's going to be in Germany. Who knows is up with that. Then they have a buy. I don't want to have them go 2-0 and and have a week off. Be like, oh, maybe things are going to be okay. Uh, I just don't see any scenario where there's anything remotely positive to take away from these past couple of weeks. And I'm just kind of, it is what it is. I'm going to enjoy good individual performances. I'm going to be happy with the wins. But, um, you know, I was listening to the Boston Globe Sports with Chris Price it's very weird to be in early November and to be talking about the draft. He made a good point, but that's where I'm at. I'm kind of really just turning towards 2024 at this point. That's where we're at. Totally. Um, but Alec, maybe this can be our, our second down. Hmm. Um, if we're talking about watching good individual performances, who are you watching? 
Who yeah. are you watching? Because we were talking about this beforehand. Uh, if you were to name the five players on the Patriots that you would be most excited to watch in 2023, you would have said Marcus Jones. You know, he Gone. was the only highlight reel they had last year. Christian Gonzalez. Gone. Matthew Judon. Gone. And then for me, at least, Kendrick Bourne. Your boy. Your guy. At least. Me, at least. I my, I can't be the only one being like he was the only exciting part of the offense as a wide receiver, like a true wide receiver. Those are four of them. You could throw in Ramondre if if you're into that type of football. You could also say I wanted to see Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, and he's also been dealing with injuries. But the fact that all of the most exciting players on the Patriots are dealing with injuries, uh, they didn't make any moves really at the the trade deadline. Where do the Patriots go from here? Like what what is what is their plan long term? What are what are they going to do from here? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we talked about this. They they have a ton of cap space in 2024. Uh, I love Christian Barmore. Kyle Duggar had his best game with the season against the Dolphins. Love Jabril Peppers. They've got some pieces in the secondary. I think Jawan Bentley is a good piece. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we talked about no moves to the trade deadline. Like, what assets do they have to trade, really? You know, like, what, like, wh- if they were going to kind of sell and accrue draft picks, or whatever, Kendrick Bourne's probably their most valuable asset. He's now gone for the year. Uh, I, I just don't really see any scenario where they can, they have like a young core of guys this year on the offensive side of the ball that I build around. I like David Andrews, he's a good center. Um, I still think that the offensive line they trotted out against the Dolphins are the yeah. unit they're going to go with. But yeah, I mean, this isn't going to have any kind of star power. There are no Patriots making the Pro Bowl in 2023. Maybe Bryce Berenger, just because he punts so goddamn much, maybe he'll <laughs> get there. But like that's kind of, maybe Brendan Schooler sneaks on as like a, a legacy guy, but I don't see any Pro Bowlers on the offense for sure. I think what they have to do is they have to spend the offseason. I want to lock up Duggar, maybe, maybe extend Barmore. I don't know what Jabril Pepper's contract situation is, but I want to make sure he's around for a while. You get Gonzalez back, you get Jones back, you get Judon back. Other than that, if there are any players that are just gone, I'm not going to be overly upset about it. I know you love Kendrick Bourne. He's great. But if he they move on from him, I'm not going to lose too much sleep. They've got plenty of time with Pop Douglas. He's a young prospect. It's optimistic yeah. there. But, yeah, I mean, like, I just feel like this is just another just kind of dud of a season where uh, I'm going to look back in 20 years and remember – no players on this team. Yeah, no, totally. And like, uh, if you love something, Alec, you have to let it go. It's true. And I want Kendrick Bourne <laughs> to get a real opportunity somewhere. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a situation where the Patriots do have a lot of cap space. They should just re-sign their good players, right? Like there, there was that stat from Zach Cox uh, on Nessin where the Patriots haven't signed a top three round draft pick since Deron Harmon from 2013 and he was the third round pick which is a decade of futility there's been good players throughout there don't get me wrong Joe Tooney great would have been worth a second you know contract but obviously he got more money from the Chiefs but the fact that the Patriots haven't found a way to retain any of their homegrown talent really both reinforces the terrible job of drafting that they've done but also just the terrible job of asset management. Like yeah. the fact that when this season ends, yes, they have a lot of cap space. They also had a lot of cap space in 2021. This is like the year three after they signed all of these players and it's been nothing. Yeah, There's been no value out of that big spending spree that they had a few years ago and they're recycling 
they're going back to where they were before. It's like these past three years, the first three years of Mac Jones' career, you're going to ball it up and throw it in the garbage because honestly, none of the players that they've signed over that time frame are really long-term pieces. You could throw Peppers in there. That was one that was kind of like, oh, we're happy that worked out, but he wasn't yeah. one of like the marquee signings. Most of the big acquisitions that they made, other than Judon, have been for not. Tell you, I'll uh, I will see your crappy Patriots fact and raise you a crappy Patriots <laughs> fact. Uh, the current receivers on the Patriots roster who are not on IR have a combined fifty-two catches for four hundred eighty-eight yards and one touchdown on the entire season. And the That's one touchdown right. came this past week with Juju on fourth down to bring it within a one score game. That was the only receiver not named Kendrick Bourne who's got a touchdown for the Patriots this year. They're just not an offense that scares anybody. And it's reason why I think, I think one of the reasons Matt Jones getting the bad rap because like they have no respect for the deep game. They have no respect for any kind of mismatch. So they can just like put eight guys in the box and play really close to the, the middle of the field. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. And it's not going to get any better. And I don't, I'm not like a blow it up, tear it all down, fire Belichick and just let's start from scratch kind of guy. But they have a lot of work to do this offseason. And uh, we're, we're talking about how much work they have to do in the offseason. And it's November 2nd. And they have a bunch of games left, including a game against the Commanders coming up. And that's just where we're at. And that's okay. We're due. <laughs> we're long overdue for this kind of season. I was yep. just hoping by this point, given the optimism surrounding 2021, what they did with Mac Jones' rookie year, We'd be like, all right, we really see it coming into place. We see kind of where their vision was. We're getting ready to maybe make a strong playoff push this year and be contenders in 2024. And we are officially just back to square one. Totally. Well, and I think like the fact that the most exciting players that they have on offense are their sixth round rookie into Mario Douglas and then a journeyman tight end in Pharaoh Brown. Like they just <laughs> don't have anyone. Like the the whole strategy, which I support it. I supported the strategy of like, we don't necessarily need to have a true top tier number one player because that's putting all of your eggs in one basket. And that's not necessarily a thing that we want to do. But the fact that they're like, we can trot out four number two options. That was the strategy. And then you're going to get at least a couple mismatches. And if you have a smart quarterback that can make the right decisions, he's going to find the right matchup. And none of that has materialized. You talked about how, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster finally got his first score. He has 15 catches for 89 yards and a touchdown this year. You look at Devontae Parker. 15 catches for 158 yards. Mike Gusecki, 19 catches for 160 yards. That is your just most replaceable fifth option. And it's supposed to be your three big ticket players that are supposed to be in your like leading three receivers. Like this is just not a situation where if the Patriots were to like burn it all down, obviously I think Bill Belichick should get another turn at it. I think that uh, they need to get more help on offense and they should really rebuild the offense from the ground up. They need to make that investment. We can't have another Belichick recycle. We can't have another, maybe we can get a Belichick recycle to implement a Shanahan McVay offense. They need to get a true former Shanahan coach for a true former McVay coach and have them implement it from the ground up. That's what they have to go do. doesn't have to be with, with Mac Jones or anything like that. I think the defense will be fine. You look at the ages of all their key players. Most of them are like 25, 26, 27 years old. They're going to be entering their prime. They're great. They should definitely extend Barmore. They should use all their money to sign their good homegrown talent. But on offense, I don't know if there's any players other than maybe Michael and Wayne, if he's willing to come back that I would say and like, you know, pop Douglas, but like, he's not going anywhere for a few more years. I don't think there's any players that'd be like, you have to build around this player. No, you don't. To that point, Rachel, before we move on to this Dolphins game, rebuild, 
start from the ground up. You kind of joked at it. The Raiders can pay Josh McDaniels. Like, do you really see him happening? McDaniels coming back? Any reality this happens? I mean, based off of nothing other than like Gronk saying it's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I think it would make sense, especially because of uh, what do they have to lose? If McDaniels is willing to do it, that's probably more of it. It's in his court if he wants to. If he wants to be like, you know what, I don't want to do anything for the rest of the year or the next four years, more power to him. Yeah. Um, but if I were the Patriots, I would make that my first call without question. I would say, Josh, can you come back and like help us look average? Like we are still in that same case as it's been where if we have an average offense, this could be a, you know, an okay team to watch, especially going through the stretch of the season that they are now. But I don't think he even want to do it. You look at the, this team, all of the fun parts are not there anymore. So, uh, you know, even the, the offensive line that I thought looked good, uh, city. So was, you know, taken out for Antonio Mafi and Mafi is definitely a step down. Um, this is just not a an offense that has any real long term vision, uh, and it's really disappointing because they they put a lot of investments into a bunch of different individual players, and it doesn't seem like any of them have come together at all. I have a little bit again. I I was really hoping for like four and four, maybe five and three through eight weeks, given the schedule. I did not see two and six coming. I don't think anybody saw two and six coming. Again, these were not like again. It's at Miami. Tom Brady lost in Miami almost every year. It's not so much they lost in Miami, just that they lost to the Saints. They lost to the Raiders. They didn't even bother showing up against the Cowboys. These were all games they maybe could have won. And now they have the Commanders, the Colts, the Giants, and the Chargers, and then the Steelers and the Broncos on the docket coming up with the Chiefs and the Bills and the Jets in there. But, like, those are all – this should have been, like, turning the corner, getting ready to have a big win streak – make some yep. noise, have people scared of who they are, and now we're not even talking about that. But unfortunately, Rachel, we have to talk about that. It is the Commander's game coming up. Let's get the third down after the break. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide variety of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Chill. Commander's on the schedule for week nine. Uh, before we get to that, though, as always, we'll go around the league. It's a home game, Sunday, November 5th, 1 p.m. It is an interesting week, week nine. It's a Dolphins-Chiefs matchup that is, for some reason, international overseas at 9.30 in the morning. That's probably the best game on the docket, in my opinion. You've got some absolute stinkers in here. I think Cardinals-Browns could be one of those fun games. Uh, Giants-Raiders could be one of those games. I don't know what the Giants and Jets did last week, but that was probably the worst game in NFL history. They're both looking (laughs) to redeem themselves. you got the Bills and the Bengals. That could be a good game. Any game particular besides uh, if you're even excited about Patriots Commanders, any game you're excited about besides the uh, the Chiefs Dolphins game? Oh, Chiefs Dolphins is one heck of a game. That's it, yeah. Um, I think there's a few others that are sleeper good picks. One, Bill Bengals, that's a good game. You know, even if they're not the the world beating teams at this stage of the season, they'll both be there at the end. You know, they Joe Burrow has been dealing with a leg injury. He finally seems healthy. The Bengals seem to be clicking at least a little bit. Bills have been up and down a little bit. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries, but whole will them there at the end. So there'll be some fun things happening there. Uh, Cowboys, Eagles, 
these are two of the better teams. Uh, you know, Eagles are one of the best teams in the NFC, so that'll have some entertainment value. Um, but my sleeper most fun game will be Seahawks on the road against the Ravens. These are two of the more underestimated teams. I think the Seahawks are tops in the NFC West right now. Ravens, I believe, are top of the AFC North. They're quiet contenders on both sides. Uh, these are two very good teams. If they both make their conference championships, I would not be surprised. Uh, you know, Ravens have an MVP and Lamar Jackson, who is playing like it right now. He he was not playing like it last year or the year before, but he is playing like it now because they gave him a new offense. They gave him more receivers and he is doing great stuff. Uh, and then you have the Seahawks. They've done a great job drafting and rebuilding and retooling. And Geno Smith is having his career resurgence out there. He has not regressed by any considerable means. He's still, you know, that fringe top 10 quarterback in the league, which is great. So for me, I tune into that one. I would too. Uh, unfortunately, it's at the same time as a game that nobody outside of New <laughs> England or Washington, D.C. will be watching in any capacity. Even in D.C.? Probably not even in D.C. They have better things to do in Washington right now than watch the Commanders travel to Gillette to take on the Patriots. If you don't know a single player on the Washington Commanders, good for you. It is not a very good team, although if you you may recognize they, a name named Jacoby Brissett, may ring a bell. They just signed him. But Sam Howell is a starting quarterback. They just traded away their two best pass rushers and during the trade line for draft picks to accumulate for next year. These are two teams. The Commanders are three and five. The Pats are two and six. Neither one's making the playoffs. Uh, but, however, Rochelle, this is a home game for the Patriots. This is a good chance for them to string together a couple of wins, maybe regain some confidence, do just enough to lose a really top, top, top tier draft pick. I was going to say. But – uh, at least maybe we can kind of find some guys in our, our first and second down we talked about. We're going to re-up. We're going to build on the players that are good. This is one of those games and a stretch of games coming up where we can really find out who the guys are we have to build around for going forward for the rebuild 2.0. And I'll start with the Patriots defense versus the Washington offense. That should be a strength versus a weakness. This is a big mismatch in my opinion. Uh, are you are at all worried about the weapons the commanders are bringing to the table at Gillette? Yeah, totally. And like, this seems like one of those games that once the season ends, we'd be like, that was the draft pick game. That was the draft pick game. And Curtis Samuel currently dealing with the injury for, for Washington, dealing with a toe injury. So he does not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. So his availability will be up in the air. Um, but he's their wide receiver three, Terry McLaurin, uh, John Dotson, their top two wide receivers. They're very good. They're very, very good. Um, I kind of think that they're a bit of a mismatch for the type of cornerbacks that JC Jackson and Jack Jones are. I think Jonathan Jones might have some success against one of them, but these are not your typical prototypical X, you know, six foot three, 215 pound, 4.4, 40 yard dash kind of players out there. These are a lot more of your, your quick and agile players. Um, you, you think a lot more of the like Emmanuel Sanders, Marvin, like that type of a mold of a player, the ones that, are wiggly and able to get space and they're running the Eric B enemy, like former Kansas city chiefs offense. They're able to produce Sam Howell, obviously not like a world beater by any means, but he's playing well enough. He's, uh, he's definitely outplaying Matt Jones this year. Part of it due to like probably the offensive system, but these are two really good wide receivers. And if Curtis Samuel's playing, he's a third really good wide receiver, Logan Thomas playing well at tight end, uh, Brian Robinson, playing some really good running back games out of there. Uh, they, they have a good top five players out there. Um, 
is it something that the Patriots in theory could match up on? Yeah, I could say, I could see that if I'm the Patriots, uh, I this could be, you know, like a miles Bryant esque game. Um, if they want to, he's dealing with a chest injury right now, but miles Bryant and Jonathan Jones seem to have the profile of the defensive backs that the Patriots would like to match up against Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Um, I don't know if that would go well for the Patriots, but I could see that being the case. Um, if if I were Steve Belichick and trying to say we have to remove one player from this game, I think that that player would be Sam Howell. And the big thing to do is one, disguise coverage, and two, pressure him. He has had 41 sacks uh, through, what, eight games? He is on pace for like NFL record <laughs> number of sacks. This is a very weak offensive line. This is one where if I'm the Patriots and I'm saying this is what I'm going to dedicate towards, you try and hit and get after Howell all you can. And I know that the Patriots defensive front is dealing with injuries. Devon Godshaw didn't practice on Thursday with an illness. Uh, Christian Barmore has been dealing with a knee injury, but he's been great as of late. Uh, Josh Uche has been dealing with an ankle and toe injury. Dietrich Wise is dealing with a shoulder injury. So there's a lot. Patriots are banged up up front. But this is a very big opportunity for the Patriots with Barmore, with Anthony Jennings out there too. Uh, Jennings has been having quietly a very good year. This is the opportunity for the Patriots and Keon White, my X factor, to go out there and have a very big performance against this very weak Washington offensive line because I don't think that the Patriots have the defensive manpower to go toe-to-toe with these commanders' skill players on an elongated play. They need to make Howell move. They need to not let him escape because he can scramble a little bit. And they need to make sure that they take advantage of the sack opportunities that they get and force the commanders into and long situations as much as they can. It's so weird, Rich Hill, how in so many ways it has never been easier to be an NFL quarterback. The rules are just so in your favor. They want offense. You can't touch receivers anymore. If you breathe on a QB too hard, it's a 15-yard penalty. But how many like good quarterbacks are there in the NFL right now? It's not a lot. Three or four, and Sam Howell is not one of them. But unfortunately, to your point, he's definitely better than Mac Jones in 2023. But I don't think he's the kind of guy you have to game plan for specifically. I think he's a guy that you can shake him pretty easily. Having been sacked 41 times through eight weeks, that's just an absurd number of sacks. Was that like like five sacks a game? Basically, he's averaging. It's a lot. It's just right? that's just that's just to say nuts. that out loud. Five yeah. sacks a game. Yeah, it's just absolutely insane. But yeah, I mean, look, I think it's the kind of guy you force some mistakes early. You can get a couple of picks. I can see him taking a couple of deep shots. That's why I'm going with Jabril Peppers as my X factor. One of those kind of like Jared it. Goff, Stephon Gilmore, Super Bowl interceptions, like throw off your back foot off of zero, a cover zero blitz, force a couple of interceptions, and do what the Patriots did briefly against the Dolphins: get a pick, generate points. Complimentary football. They they're capable of doing it. They just can't do it all the time. Um, but again, I I I don't like the I do like the the match overall. Because, again, I think the offensive line's so weak, the pass rush is good enough, and Tim Howell's not a good enough quarterback to, to compensate for that. Uh, you make a good point about the coverage mismatches in the secondary, but I don't think that'll matter uh, given how much of a, a, a favorite the pages are from between the, on, on, the, on the line. Yeah, no, and it's, it's me having a hard time trying to talk about the commander's offense because I don't think they're impressive. 
but it's hard to talk about a team that's unimpressive when the Patriots offense is magnitude worse. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard to do that. It's like, we're talking like the Patriots offense is 2011 Patriots defense, bad, like yeah. historic levels of badness going against a mediocre team. Like this commander's offense, is as average as you can get. You look at like the expected points above average that they've created. You know, you look across all their plays. What is like the average amount of yards, the average amount of points a team can expect given their offensive circumstances. They are zero. (laughs) They have zero points above or below average in expectation. They're as middling of an offense as you can get. Uh, They're not super explosive, but they will just dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. And that has historically been what's given the Patriots defense problems because that's how the Patriots play their defense. They want teams to get rid of their big plays and have to lead 9, 10, 11 play drives to get a score. And this commander's offense, that's what they do. Like This is not a home run offense. And so if I'm the Patriots, I'd be like a little hesitant to say like, let's run our, our standard defense against this commander's team because we saw how the dolphins had no problem playing against like the soft zone coverage or whatever it is that the Patriots were playing like that in route or that angle route was open every single play for the dolphins against this Patriots defense. And I'm sure the commanders watched that and the Patriots cannot just sit back and try and allow the commanders to make a mistake because teams are too good these days to do that. And they want to, they'll, they'll just take what's given to them. That's what the enemy does on offense. That's what Sam Howell has been chosen to do is that he will just take what's there. And the Patriots can't allow that to be how the game is played. So to the then Rich Hill, so defensive prop bets, um, given the Dink and Dunk offense, given what Sam Howell has been find, finding success doing in 2023 and what he's been unable to do in 2023. Uh, is this the week where the defense generates some points? Pick six happening for the Patriots against, against the commanders. I don't know if they'll put up points, but I, I can see them putting the Patriots in scoring position if that helps. I mean, I think also uh, the 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 commanders are pretty good at protecting the football. Their their numbers are skewed because they turned the ball over five times uh, against the Buffalo Bills and then three times against the Cardinals. Across their other six games, they have like four turnovers. Like they're they're not like a turnover happy game. Patriots might get one. Like they, that's not how they play. And so I'm not expecting the Patriots to be like this is a turnover party kind of a game, but I, I can see them getting the opportunity because the Patriots have been good at forcing turnovers, you know, five turnovers forced in the past three weeks. I can see them forcing one and setting up the offense in good field position. I would hope that it happens at the beginning of the game and the Patriots can kind of dictate the terms, but I'm not, not like holding out an expectation for that. Will the Patriots meet the Sam Howell status quo and sack him five times in this game? That's a great question. If they had, uh, like, if Uche and uh, Judon were, like, good to go, I would say probably. But, I mean, Patriots have, what, 15 sacks? They're averaging less than, like, two sacks a game at this point. I'm going to say no. Um, I would like for there to be, like, an eruption. I can see a defensive back getting a sack. I could see a blitz up the middle, although I feel like we haven't seen as much of that since Hightower has been gone. Um, Just, like, a blitzing linebacker up the middle. And uh, I just don't think they have the horses to be able to pull that off. I would love to see a big game from White and Jennings. Uh, and, you know, if Wise is able to go, Uche is able to go, that would be bonus. But uh, I'm not going to hold out hope for it. I will say I, I'm going to uh, guess at least one bar more sack. Speaking of not holding out any hope, Rich Hill, it's a good transition to fourth down. <laughs> 
Patriots <laughs> offense against the commander's defense. Again, Oof. much easier uh, road to hoe after the trade deadline. Two very big weapons are no longer in Washington. No one's happy about that in the Patriots offensive line. That was a real question mark I had coming into this. Can they stop those two? Don't got to worry about it now. However, uh, still a decent defense, and the Patriots offense just plain stinks. So if you're Bill O'Brien, what's your game plan here? Just try and do anything possible to like make a semblance of a football game happen, or are you trying some new strategies? What's your plan <laughs> here? Yeah, um, it's not a good defense. Uh, like they're they they rank thirty first in the league in points allowed, twenty uh, ninth points allowed per drive. Uh, they rank twenty uh, ninth in adjusted net yards. They allow they've allowed like fifteen touchdown passes, uh, only have five interceptions. Teams have been very efficient through the air, also very efficient through the ground. Rank twenty first in yards allowed per carry. Uh, they get penalized a fair bit. They allow a lot of scores. They give up good field position. Uh, can the Patriots take advantage of that? No, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, and you know, not having chase young and Montez sweat on the rosters, there's no one really behind them. <laughs> That's like the big thing. They, they have like some players that have had like some snaps, but they don't really have a lot of players. Casey two Hill has been their like rotational third pass rusher, but they're asking a lot of underplayed players to elevate here that said they have some good interior players Deron Payne Jonathan Allen are two good defensive linemen so up the middle we'll see how the Patriots hold up against them uh Kendall Fuller one of the best cornerbacks in the league having himself a season Patriots should just avoid him no matter what because Benjamin St. Juice is you know not as good as Kendall Fuller. Their first-round pick, Emmanuel Forbes, is their third cornerback. Uh, they famously selected him above Christian Gonzalez, so that'll be a noteworthy thing to see how he performs in this game. I can see the Patriots definitely testing him uh, in his lankiness and his questionable uh, change of direction ability. This is potentially going to be a Pop Davis game unless the commanders decide we're going to dedicate Kendall Fuller to covering him. And if that's the case, then I have not the foggiest what the Patriots are going to do. Uh, if I could pick perfect matchups, um, I would say that what the Patriots are probably going to do is say, okay, Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster, you're our number one and number two. And Pop, you're going to be our third wide receiver. You know, you'll be on all of our three receiver sets. We're going to you know, they've historically used Juju Smith-Schuster and Parker as the blockers on like two tight, uh, two wide receiver sets. And so like going back to what they did at the beginning of the season, which is fine. Um, but hoping that with those alignments that they can sacrifice Devon. Oh, I guess Parker's not going to play. Um, so they're going to probably sacrifice Juju Smith-Schuster uh, to, to Kendall Fuller. Honestly, the Patriots are just so banged up. I have no idea what they're going to do uh, at wide receiver. Is this going to be finally the time we see Keishon Butte? I hope so, because they have nothing else to lose at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm making kind of by default Tyquan Thornton my X factor because like he's just like oh no. If there, was, if there was ever a chance for him to do anything as a receiver, like he's got a golden opportunity here. Parker's out on. We didn't talk about that ridiculous hit that was unreal flagged, or the refs at all against the next. I just blocked out how bad the refing was. So whatever. But like, if there was ever a chance for Thornton to like emerge as a legitimate part of this offense, it is the next couple of weeks. Born out with Parker out for who knows how long. Like, he's got to get involved. He's, uh, I'm not, again, I, maybe I'm like one of the last people to think he's going to be a, a member of this office of the contributes. But like, they they did two weeks ago, Rich, or three weeks ago, they did take a deep shot 
the Tyquan Thornton. So it happened. I can now say I lived in a time where they threw the ball once deep to Tyquan Thornton. It was incomplete. Nothing happened. How did it feel, Alec? How did that play feel? It was just good to see, man. Like, like (laughs) he was fast. They wanted speed. They got speed. But like, if Tyquan Thornton can't do anything against the Washington Commanders at Gillette with Bourne out, with Parker out, then I may finally be coming back on the Pat's uh, po- uh, the first and goal podcast next week and saying I am officially out on Tyquan Thornton. So this might be the last time I list him as my offensive X factor. <laughs> well, maybe it's been unfair of me, but I've been on that one since. I know you know. Um, I know. But uh, I mean, that's a fair enough X factor. Like it's easy for me to say Pop Douglas because he is now their top receiver. That is the (laughs) weird truth of the matter is that we're dealing with a six round rookie as being the Patriots top offense. We are looking at a 2013 level of Patriots offense talent without uh, actually it's worse because they had Amendola who's playing well and Edelman who, you know, was in and out. And they had Brady. This is this is worse. This is worse than that year. This is talent on par with the the Cam Newton 2020 Patriots roster, where they just literally, you know, uh, I think that uh, I'm trying to remember who was uh, Demarius Bird. Bird, Bird, Bird. Like I've asked for him to come back because he was the last receiver that looked like explosive or could do a big play. Um, I think that it's it's uh, not a good situation for the Patriots if Pop Douglas is your top option, but also the fact that the other players can't do anything. And to me, that is, again, I don't think a massive indictment of the players themselves. I think it's on the coaching staff. I think that you can't have all of these players who, you know, both last year and this year uh, have looked so bad after having looked so good on other teams you know, whether we're talking about Juju Smith-Schuster looking like a good, viable wide receiver for the Chiefs last year, coming here and looking like a ghost, or you see Johnny Smith, who couldn't even see the field with the Patriots, going on to be more productive than any Patriots receiver right now with the Atlanta Falcons. Like, these are signs of just misuse by the offensive coaching staff. And so that's obviously why I want Josh McDaniels to come back. Like they need to have someone who knows what to do with the personnel. Cause right now it, no one, no one's using them correctly. And I don't have a simple answer for it, but the fact that all of these players have separation and we're not seeing more creative offensive plays drawn up to get players open uh, is an indictment of the coaching staff. But pop Douglas is my X factor. Cause he is that number one receiver. And he's the only player in my mind that has the opportunity to go for hundred yards on a given day. Like the other players, maybe they'll get, you know, their their four catches for 30 yards kind of a thing. Uh, that's just what we've accepted for the past few years. Um, but I, I think that Pop Douglas is the only player that could go for 100. And if the Patriots are going to have any offensive anything, any offensive production whatsoever, they're going to need someone to step up. So to that point, we haven't really talked about the running game at all against Washington. Is this not a game you'd really focus on the run at all? You'd really kind of air it out? I mean, you could run the ball. I mean, especially as they're trying to replace two edge defenders, I could see the Patriots trying to attack the ends. But you look at the Patriots, Trent Brown dealing with an ankle and knee injury, hasn't practiced through Wednesday and Thursday. He might not go. Uh, If I'm the Patriots, you're, you're dealing with a fair bit of injury up front too. Perhaps I would just run it behind on Wainu and City So and just like, let So play. Just let him be in there. You don't need to rotate that at all. Just like let him stay in there the whole time. Um, And like go for that. I could see that being like, a good complimentary piece, but you're not going to win any games in the NFL this year by just running the ball. 
Like you, like, and I also don't think that uh, them having a semblance of a rushing attack will do anything to help this passing attack because they're so anemic through the air that no amount of ability on the ground is going to make a defense be afraid of what's going on in the passing game. Well, Ben and Rachel, some offensive prop bets for you. Uh, How many times throughout the course of this game will we see a run for no gain on first down? Uh, an incompletion on second down called back for a holding a delayed handoff up the middle for no game on second and 20. And then a run, I mean, a a out pass for four yards on third and 20 and a punt on fourth and 16. How many times do we see something along those lines happen from start to finish? Three times, three, three times. It's got to, it's been way too common, way too common. And it'll happen again. Three times. All right. Uh, will Mac Jones throw another interception? Yes. One or two? One. Will they One. Be pick six? I, I, you know, uh, I don't know, but it'll set up the commanders for a score, whether they do it on defense or on offense. Are you taking uh, Zeke or Mondre to have more yards on the ground? Great question. I'm going to go with Mondre. Um, I, I think Ezekiel Elliott has been given the Patriots everything he can. I think that Ramondre is just the better player. Will Pharaoh Brown have a touchdown in this game? I hope so. I was this close. I'm putting my fingers very close together for the podcast listeners. I was this close to making him my X factor because we talk about who are the most exciting players on the Patriots team. Every time the ball goes to Pharaoh Brown, I hold my breath and just <laughs> wonder what's going to happen. There is only seven catches for 170 yards. Um, but A, he has more receiving yards than Gasecki, Parker, or Juju Smith-Schuster they have like three times the amount of targets um, three to four times actually, but he's been a good blocker. He's been an exciting receiver and um, they should have used him more, even though he looks like he's running with sand in his pants. It's exciting. (laughs) And I'll watch that. Oh, Rich, what are we doing? What are we doing with our lives? Talking about this. What's wrong with me? All right, let's get out of here. This sucks. Let's go to predictions. Man. Uh, all right, so I uh, I tried a little strategy out last week saying I'm picking against the Patriots from now on until they lose a game. Uh, it lasted exactly one week, my experiment. However, you had, the, you had the Patriots winning against the Dolphins like an idiot, and I had the Dolphins winning, so I Foolish. stick with the hammer this week. Um, I'm taking the Pats in this one. Uh, at home, two just bad teams. Someone has to win. I think when two bad teams are going up against each other, the edge comes from home field advantage and the coaching staff. Uh, despite the incompetence we've seen from the coaching staff, they're still a better coach staff than Washington. I like the Patriots in this one, something like 24 to 18. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I, I feel like we are, you know, like when, when the end of a player's career is here and like, they're like, this is, this is this year for the Patriots and like this current era. Um, Maybe Bill Belichick can have some sort of revitalization next year, but like this year is done. They, they were just completely embarrassed at multiple points this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the commanders pulled this off. It doesn't have to be a, a huge blowout or anything like that, but this Patriots offense has been so bad. And with born out, with Parker and Smith, like Parker out, Smith Schuster not producing. I don't know how the Patriots are planning on moving the ball unless they just run it. And in which case, 
the commanders should stack the box and say, good luck throwing it to Jalen Rieger. I don't know. I have the commanders winning this one like 17 to 13. Um, I I could see it being a late score from the commanders or something like that, but I can see this being a game that we look back at and are just like, Oh, that was uh, the ending with a whimper. I mean, again, like the good news about this kind of season is like, if we are coming back here talking about a commission, great. One spot closer to a top five draft pick. Like there's, there's good things coming from a loss at this point, but still losing to Washington at home. Uh, that's just it'd be like, painful. It'd be really painful. Like that's one of those teams. They only play once every four years, but New England always beats the crap out of Washington. I remember the 07 season. It was like 56 to seven. It was something ridiculous. You know, I remember one of those Gronkowski catches where he like stiff armed six players yeah. and like was at the sideline and they gave up and he just kept going. Some good highlights from these games. Yeah, those are the games you I miss. But uh, I guess better to have had it and I never have had it. Hopefully, I, I don't even care who's right. I think either way, there's solace to be taken in the result of this game. Um, but uh, oh, how the mighty have fallen, Rich Hill. I guess all this, <laughs> let's leave it at that. And but for uh, me, I just want to be able to lean into the suck. I just want to be able to lean fully into the like. Don't even play the veterans anymore. <laughs> Like it, it's when you know that the team isn't isn't going to go anywhere. Commit to seeing what the younger players can do. Yeah, I want to see that. They're the fact that they're putting out the just ghosts of wide like veteran wide receivers instead of just letting Butte play. That's the most frustrating part. Is if you're not going to put make the competitive team, at least put in like some players with a little bit more upside than what we've been watching, and then worst case scenario, you get the same result. It's true. Again, there's n- again uh, another thing. There were times when if the Patriots lost a game, I would just be stewing for like hours afterwards. And now I'm kind of coming in expecting a loss, and I'm enjoying the wins when they happen. It's kind of like a bunch of one week seasons from here on out. Wins are great, losses are like, all right, well maybe next week it's fine. And uh, I just want to come out of this this season in December just unscathed and, and not an alcoholic. <laughs> Those are my my, my two goals. Well, uh, we'll see. Um, (laughs) And hopefully we'll be breaking down uh, some good news, whatever it might be next week. Uh, Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week nine and the Patriots commanders? The good news is by this time next week, when the week's over, the season will be more than half done. So we're over the hump, Rich. Home stretch from there on out. (laughs) Thank goodness. And until (laughs) next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Later. Later.